the old man orange podcast i'm spencer scott holmes and i'm ryan dunnigan and i just want to say before i forget didn't you just get like a didn't carl weathers just kind of give you a little bit of a shout out on twitter yeah i was just that was gonna bring that up as my like my opener i was like whoa what the fuck i was flipping through waiting for you to come on skype and i was all what the fuck carl weathers and then i click on it's like okay it's like the real carl weathers he's not not like some guy that's like this is a parody account where you know you can kind of tell it's not him it's like oh he's got you know, 1,000 or 150,000 plus, no, 30,000 plus followers. And then I was all like, well, that's kind of a weird one. I'm like, so I started researching. It just said Spencer Holmes. Hashtag be peace. I was like, oh, okay. Don't know what this is about. And I started looking. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I was talking to Randy Jennings of uh, the Arnold fans, and he was commenting about there was this Arnold Schwarzenegger show on National Geographic the other day. It looked like a cool one, kind of going through all his life, just kind of like maybe a different type of biography slash, I don't think necessarily a biography, more just like an in-depth personality kind of thing. You know, kind of like Mm -hmm. great minds, great business, like one of those segments. I was like, oh, dude, I wish I would have saw that. And then he commented after it came out, he's like, oh, it was a great show last night. You know, it had all the people like Ray Dong Wong and, you know, Carl Weathers and so on on there. And I left a comment where I'm like, well, I would have loved to see it, but this is always kind of the downfall of not having TV is you miss out on these like, handful of programs that are pretty cool every once in a while and then that somehow some way carl weathers looks at that and goes oh be peace and then i started flipping through that hashtag and it just seemed like a lot of people doing kind of like almost like yogi like things of like peaceful acts i'm like is my peaceful act not having tv (laughs) (laughs) your your great contribution to society well i guess he saves energy by not watching television (laughs) well yeah carl weathers like good man good man don't buy that tv don't let the cable companies well, and the sale companies get you. <laughs> well, if Carl Weathers said it, then, you know, it's like, okay, well, if he said it, then he must be right. Exactly. So that was kind of a cool one. But I think what makes it neat, it's not like one of those ones where I was commentating on Carl Weathers going like, hey, 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 Carl, I, I, really, I really liked you in Rocky Three. You know, that, that's a great movie. It wasn't like one of those ones. It was, he reached out to me and I'm the confused one. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the one look at this text like uh i think this guy likes rocky three i i don't know it's a lot of they're stuttering inside the tweet i don't know what's going on but instead he reached out to me and i'm going what the fuck what's this bp thing well it sounds cool but i'm not too sure what's going on well good for you for not watching his special and i feel bad now. now i feel like i really gotta see the national geographic special thing there so i don't know i don't even know where do you find tv shows like that once they're already aired, I mean, like you could just, probably go on YouTube or something. I guess that's true. YouTube would probably be the way to go to find. Something. I don't. Th- I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe National Dra- Geographic would be like, no, we're pulling that down due to copyright shit. But I could see them like not enough people watching it, being kind of like, no, no, no. The more people see it, go ahead. We just want someone to fucking watch it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe you could watch it on. I don't know if their site has it, but still, probably. Yeah, that's gotta be. That's kind of that's kind of crazy. To be at a certain point in your life when you could just like think about that. To him, that was just something he saw. I just typed, okay, whatever. Hashtag BP school, whatever. Now it's just like for us, just like <gasps> Carl Weathers talks to you. <laughs> he chose you. He was in Predator. He was the second main character. Oh my god! Oh my god! You just like start fanning yourself, like oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh god! Oh god! Carl Weathers. 
Well, I'll say that as far as Twitter stuff goes, I've been kind of like, I'm usually, it's kind of like I'll be inactive for a while and then I'll do a lot at once. But lately I've been kind of inactive. But plus, I don't know what happened. My fucking phone, that thing like, hey, I want to send you incident information. And just like, uh, and then I'm like, okay, wait, no, fuck, fuck, fuck. How I change it? So now I've been looking back how to change it. But in somewhere doing that, I messed up my settings. So now it's just like I'm getting... For whatever reason, I'm not getting notifications when someone tags me or puts me in something. So I'm going through it, looking through it. And don't tell me now. I know you know how to fix that. But don't tell me it's be boring thing for the podcast. I'm literally like just like the, the old man of the, sh- of the show. Just, nah! There's this Twitter thing work, you know. So, well, but I will say. If anybody's reached out to me and I haven't really responded, it's you know why. Because this thing, yeah, I'm just inept when it comes to technology. You mean it's not giving you any notification on Twitter or on like just your iPhone? Well, it doesn't say, oh, let's not go into the whole thing right now. It's going to be boring as <laughs> Sorry, I was just kind of interested in just saying, like, is it a glitch in Twitter or is it a glitch in the iPhone? I think it's a Twitter for my phone or whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll go into it. It's just, it's not, it's boring as fuck. I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, I'll, you know. What, what about that Batman now? What about that Batman? So. <laughs> I no, I, I, like, Ryan I, can't get, get tweets. Well, no. Um... Ryan can't get those important Carl Weather tweets that he always wanted. Maybe he sent it out to me too, and I just didn't fucking know because like my things Three all fucked later, up. Just, just another one comes in, just says, "Fuck you, done again. Fuck you in the <laughs> ass, you fucking asshole." What can't comment back on me? <laughs> like, oh my god, Carl Weathers, look at that. Be at death. How's that sound? Like, oh fuck, Creed I don't is want coming you for me. My peaceful life. I want you to be in the death zone. <laughs> he goes for like the handshake things. He's like, "What's wrong? They got you pushing too many pencils." Like crushes my hand. Oh, I do push pencils for my job. <laughs> of course you would, fucking pussy. I like how he's like probably in his eighties by this point, but we're still imagining him being as jacked as he was in Predator or as he was Apollo Creed. I know he he is probably because he's a li- probably a little bit older than Stallone and Arnold. Well, think of how old he looks back in. Um, think of how old he looks back in Happy Gilmore. That's true, and that's ninety what three or four. Yeah, maybe they old him up. Maybe they gave him a little bit of like hair dye, and he just like just crouch over a lot, wear the sweater to hide your guns. That's true, because that's only about five or six years after Predator, which is weird to think, but yeah, that is fucking weird. Jesus, yeah. Well, but it's sometimes when you go back in time and you think about like, man, I remember when I first watched Predator. That movie was only a handful of years old at that point. Well, it's also one of those. It was pretty. It was pretty much a new movie, you know. It only probably came out on VHS two years beforehand. This is gonna sound really stupid for a second, but it's like um, thinking back on like. Um, I mean, it's just basic fucking math. When you stop and think about it for a minute, like two thousand, like um, uh, two thousand nine uh, eleven seemed like forever that ago. That was two thousand one. Then I think about like, wow, fucking. Dark Knight, <laughs> that's how I almost age things. Dark Knight only came out like, shit, seven years after 9-11, you know? <laughs> so it's weird, when, I don't know, I just, I'm, I almost have like, almost like tag important his, historical events, like, well, what movie came out around this time? Or well, what Batman? Spider- <laughs> yeah. Show them what 2001 picture I was really excited for. I know 2002 was Spider-Man, so there's that. I thought that was 2001, because I thought, because 2000's X-Men, then I thought 2001 was Spider-Man. I think it was 2000. It had to be 2002 because it was leading in. Oh, this will be fucking interesting for people here. Because it, it was September 11th, and then it was leading in. It was, that Spider-Man came out summer of 2002, and everyone was still getting over 9-11. Oh, you know, you're probably about right. That sounds 
And I remember that movie was also kind of like trying to push the whole like America, you know, because it has a hero like, can you know, save us. He's not going to. That's a 9 11 song when it gets down to it, you know. And plus, that movie was also trying to be all. I've read an article somewhere that was like, you know, people think a big uh, reason why people love superhero movies so much is because of 9 11, because our generation, you know, is kind of on the cusp of that. And um, it's kind of like, you know, it's always something as bad as a 9-11, but a hero coming in and saving it, but it still has all the destruction and all that stuff, so it's kind of relatable in some way. I don't remember. It went into, like, a more statistical way of it. Like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's all true, but... Well, it's an, it's an interesting one to look at for the fact that, in a sense, like, you know, you had X-Men and then 9-11, and then from that point on, all the superhero movies come right afterwards. But I, I feel that's more just coincidental that that seemed to happen. You know, I don't think... Yeah, that... same thing here. I mean, I think movies have pulled from 9-11... For like um, inspiration is not the right word, but I <laughs> but, think that like, uh, but I think for kind of like, all right, well, how does an explosion look, or what does a building look like falling down? Okay, well, it's that's it's no different than people pulling from inspiration from World War Two. You know, it's like it, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, of time. You know, it's kind of like you know, it's okay because it's like it's just it's history now. That doesn't mean it's in a bad way, but it gets to a point where it's like it's accepted, it's history. Well, you you can't do anything about it. You know. That's just something that happened. <laughs> Even though it only ha- only the movie came out like three, two or three years ago. I remember when fucking Star Trek Two came out in a darkness, and we're watching the movie. We just see this big evil Enterprise thing crash into San Francisco. Watching, like, okay, whatever. And then at the end of the movie, in honor and memory of all those who died in nine eleven, it's just like, are you? It's fucking years ago. It's a spaceship crashing through a fuck ton of buildings. Not one. You know that was some producer being going like, "Oh fuck! What if they come at us for this?" You know. Well, yeah, it's kind of goofy too. It's like, okay, well, it's like it's a sci-fi movie too. So it's like, okay, two hundred. You know, in two hundred years in the future, whatever fucking Star Trek takes place, it's like. 9-11 is not going to seem that big of a deal compared to other shit that they have to deal with. You know. And that time period, you know, it's going to be it's going to be no different than looking back, you know, a thousand years ago and going, oh, OK, so what happened back in Robin Hood's day? You know? Yeah. Yeah. When little John, not little John, when uh, the sheriff was taking the kids gold from his birthday party, that had to be got him. <laughs> I think it seems so trivial. But back then, that would like probably destroy that community. Well, that's what I mean, though, like, back, like right now, movie. it's like, oh, that's a fun, good story. I really like that Robin Hood one. Back, back they'd be like, oh, you fucker. You didn't know what it was like. We had a deal with fucking King John. He came down. You think he just took our money? No, he fucking raped our faces when he did it. He was fucking freaky. You know, like, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he burnt down our villages and then pissed on the acids. You know, just to make us watch, damn it. Just to make us watch. And while his brother was out in the Middle East killing Muslims. And he was the good one. Yeah, the good one was out there killing a bunch of non-Christians. <laughs> you try to live in a world like that. Who the hell are you supposed to look up to, huh? Who the hell are you supposed to look up to? <laughs> that's like the dark and gritty Robin Hood. So that's, I, mean, I mean, they tried that. Didn't pan out. So it goes to show that, you know, no matter what, after some amount of time, we all we will start having the one where it's just like, okay, here's George Bush as he goes to fight Osama bin Laden. And he's just like, ha, 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 I'm here to fight him off. Oh, look at you trying to take, you know, our 9-11 buildings away from us. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Well, even now, people kind of make light of it. We're kind of even making light of it right now because it was so long ago. It almost seems so removed by this point. But, um, 
Yeah, they're almost. It, it, I will say it does sort of seem like the time frame. I think because we're all like so. I'm not trying to be look too deep into it, but I think we're all so literally connected through the through the online and you know just communications this day and age. I think that people get okay with making fun of it so much quicker since it's not one of those word of mouth things. Like, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you watch the news? You know. Yeah, somebody said post, someone and... posts one little thing. You hear about it so much that I think it becomes kind of like overload. And then by that point, when someone finally makes a meme or South Park rips on it, you're kind of, <laughs> all right, come on. Yeah, exactly. So it is, but it's a fucking weird way to start a podcast out. It's like, okay. Carl Weathers and 9-11. <laughs> yeah, Carl Weathers and 9-11. Are you in or are you out? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know what more to say from this point. But, well, we've been doing a bunch of podcasts in the last month. Felt like we had all kinds of things going on. Not only did we have a bunch of interviews, we were doing a copious amount of retrospects, but it seemed like we just really never got to sit down and just do a good old-fashioned let's-just-talk podcast, which is kind of our bread-and-butter formula of you know, the last almost 300 episodes. Um, I was in. I was. Oh, I, I, thought, I, thought I thought you were. You I second. thought you were reaching for the notes. So I just see you like, oh, he's going for his fucking drink. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's reaching for something. What is it? Like, oh fuck, he's looking at me. He's pulling me the ball. Shit. Well, there goes that spike. Anyway, um, no. Well, I guess one thing it was one of those things that kind of totally slid up on me after, like, you know, we had um, Ian Brown on, then we had David Razzi on for two episodes, and then all the Western retrospects. Um, I was just like, shit, I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to talk about. I haven't done anything for the last two weeks. And then I was walking to the comic book store. I'm like, oh, fuck, this came out. And, like, the most recent Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo Batman book came out. And I just totally slid by me. And uh, got that thing, read it in a day. And I'm not going to, like, we'll, we'll build up to it. But I'll say that the short and simple one, I like this one. This one's pretty good. I don't think it's as good as other ones he did. But I still think that people are a little harsh on it from what I heard. Well, and you know, because I, I had Amazon to remind me on this one because I had it pre-ordered a while back. But the interesting thing about it is this is the last Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder book we're going to get unless they come back together at some point. So this is I'm the sure break. Will, this is the breakup book the... for the moment, even though it's not like they totally broke up. But, you know, they went on the different projects. They're probably like, fuck you, fuck you. No, <laughs> not one of those ones. These two could do like booster gold together and I'd read it. <laughs> oh, I, I'd be there to sec anything that Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder do. It's it's a what must. are they doing? Strawberry shortcake. Oh well, I, okay. Let's find out what happens. I bet you's gonna be fucking awesome. So you know, no matter what, these are always the books I look more forward to than pretty much any other comic book in a sense. And you know, this one it was it was an interesting kind of way. I feel like it does kind of like as far as their run because you know it ends on Batman New Fifty Two issue fifty for their whole fifty run or issue run. It ends in kind of a I think a fine way just to kind of say okay, there's the ending. Of, of the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo one, because this one sort of continues from what the last book was doing with that new villain, Bloom. Well, I do think that something these guys do is um, all their stories seem to kind of go on, because, you know, your usual comic book arc seems to go on for like oh, um, six, maybe seven issues, where these guys, they seem to, if they're doing a Joker story, it is a tight bundled up issue it's a type bundled up arc that kind of gets done in the usual amount of books where if they do anything other than joker though i noticed it sometimes goes on to like you know um like probably like you know 12 issues or something like that which i don't got a problem with that but i just kind of noticed that because when they did court of owls that was two volumes death in the family big joker story that was 
one volume. Then they had the uh, they had um, zero year after that, and that had a little bit of Joker to a sort of extent because they're going against the Red Hood, but the, that was mostly a Riddler story. Then you get to this, then you get to Endgame, one single Joker story, and then you get to this one, Super Heavy, which is primarily Bloom. Yeah, no, and it's more like it's the Jim Gordon as Batman storyline, which is that in itself is a cool one too. It's like. You know, that makes sense. Like, put Jim Gordon as Batman if Batman's not there. You know, I mean, yeah, they've done Nightwing. You know, they've had Asriel. They've had all kinds of people kind of do it. But Jim Gordon seems like a very logical choice, especially if, like, almost in a sense, the police government force decide to say, hey, Batman was a good thing. Well, let's put our top man in his position, you know, to help defend the city. And I think almost by having Bloom kind of be, even has a nice line at the end where, like, Batman's telling the commissioner afterwards, he's like, or the commissioner's all like, man, I'm sorry, I wasn't, you know, I was having a hard time there. I, you know, I'm not the same as you. I'm not as good to defend the city. He's like, that's okay, because Bloom, that was your villain, and you took care of him. You did what the, you know, needed to be done for the Batman of the city. And I thought that was kind of a cool little, like, pass. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, this was, this was your kind of section of the Batman universe. This, you know, own up to it. This is your villain. This is, you know, who you had a battle. And it was just kind of a neat way to play about it. Yeah. And it's one of the things that's super because super heavy was like drastically different because it was the one where, yeah, after Batman apparently dies, where I think Endgame almost seems like more of a solid ending, mm-hmm. which it kind of shows because it shows to like Scott Snyder. Like for me personally, this is where it ends. But I know DC's not going to let me do that. So we're going to continue it on, of course. But for me personally, I, this is how Batman goes. Where this one, where it picks up, it's still really good and really entertaining. And Jim Gordon is, um, He's uh, just still in the place of Batman, but they kind of get across how much trouble he has and he has to be a different type of Batman in order to get the job done. And even the thing he does to the extent of like, it's kind of like he still kind of is struggling with the whole thing. Like, man, I'm not Batman. I'm not Batman. I'm trying to do everything I can to be Batman. But at the very end, though, he does just the right thing in order to save the day. Yeah, no, then that's what's kind of cool about it is it's just sort of different from one. And he's got this sort of almost like mech bat suit on and then underneath it, he's almost got like a jumpsuit, like if he was a pilot or something, and a Gundam. And just the different tactics he goes about it, because like, you know, he can call in police forces, he can call this, he's just almost like the ultimate SWAT team member you could possibly have. And I think that's kind of a cool way to change up the whole Batman formula. Instead of the one-man army, it's like, no, 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 this is the guy leading it. But it's, you know, in fact, the whole police department kind of is part of the whole Batman brigade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say it does seem kind of weird of all ways to end the run. I mean, maybe they weren't planning on it. I don't know if they planned on ending the run or if it just so happened to be where it ended. I think it just kind of happened it seems this kind of, way. <laughs> yeah, I think it seems kind of weird that they the, the, the last battle is kind of like a kaiju battle, sort of. I mean, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm fine with it being that. It just seems weird to be the last thing, the last big grand scale battle is that. Where it's just Batman's in a big robot. Like, Batman's in even a bigger, like, I think, let's think about Batman. He's always a one-upper. It's like, Jim Gordon's like, oh, you got one of those? That's cute. I got this one. It's just this giant fucking just hulking beast. And then he just, and by this point, Bloom's turned big, so he just becomes this Batman. Like, if you were bitching about Man of Steel, just Batman <laughs> and this giant Bloom guy just crashing into shit. Literally, yeah. It's like, you thought Man of Steel was bad. Wait till you see two fucking ginormous, like, a bat mech and a kaiju fighting each other and destroying Gotham. Mm-hmm. But oh, of course, Batman's... All... Bat- oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you can continue on real quick. But I guess Batman's like, well, my uh, bat readings on the bat computer says that this building was empty when I threw him into it. 
yeah, no, there's always a logical way to get out of it. But, you know, they got that one. I mean, that's kind of cool, though. I, I will say this. I don't think I've ever seen that in a Batman comic, so that's different. I'm not complaining about it so much. It kind of sounds like I am. It's more like, oh, that seems kind of like a weird way to end it, but they probably weren't planning on ending it there. It probably just kind of happened there. And um, it's not even so much of like, because uh, it is a cool battle. Because that's something you got to give Snyder and Capullo every single, like, uh, every single final battle is something different from the last and sometimes it's not even a big final battle sometimes it's almost a game of wits like the big battle to uh court of owls was mostly just batman taking punches getting kicked around knocked around and all he had to do was just lay a little tiny explosive on the bad guy to make short circuit his jetpack and make him crash into something then oh yeah joker was another thing like yeah there's a little bit of a fist fight but then it was just a short you know a short uh Short fist fight, but then more of just a long talk and just planning it all out. And then I want to say, like, Zero Year, that was a Riddler story. So, you know, mm-hmm. just got outsmart him. And then Endgame was the one, like, fuck this, let's box. Yeah, and then you could just get the total, like, fucking, we're taking each other out. We're going to go down to the depths of hell together. Yeah, and this one is, like, kaiju battle, which I never thought would happen in a Batman book. But came out pretty awesome, though. No, and I think that the Bloom villain is kind of a neat one, too. I think it works well for Greg Capullo's style. It almost brings out the Spawn element, putting that into the Batman universe, because this character is almost... It's a lot different than, like, your regular Batman villain. This is one of these kind of books. If you pick this up, you're like, you know, I always liked that Dark Knight movie. I always wanted to see more Batman. And if you pick this one up, this might kind of go like, oh, are they all like this? This is kind of weird and different. It could throw someone off a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, plus when, they all, when all the different citizens are taking the... Uh bloom gene or whatever and they all start turning all skinny and all that there's multiple blooms running around there they're like faces heads all are like transforming they look kind of like alien like yeah yeah and then this is also the story too where batman finally comes out of like his i don't know his amnesia or whatnot and becomes actually full-on back to being regular batman we know and love and it's almost like it's a very sad moment too where you know he's like i figured out i gotta get back to the save the city jim gordon needs my help He's like, but if I use this computer setting, whatever, this will bring back my memory. It'll give me everything I have because for the last, I don't know, eight issues or so, since he kind of came out of the hospital, came out of the coma and everything after battling the Joker, he, you didn't know he was Batman. He was just like, oh, I'm just peaceful Bruce Wayne, just living life. You know, oh, mm-hmm. here's this, you know, little like preschool thing. Well, I'll go work there for a bit. Oh, there's this nice lady here and everything like that. You know, he's just living life. He's like at the park feeding the, you know, the geese and everything like that, like, living the most relaxed, like, billionaire's lifestyle. And sad part is Alfred Caesar's like, oh, that's that's what I always wanted for Bruce. I always wanted him just to be totally at peace. He's got a girlfriend. He's got a future. He's got all this stuff here. And also I was like, no, Alfred, i got to get back in there. we got to use the computer. We'll bring me back. He's like, I don't want you to go back. He's like, no, it's the only way to save the city. And it's, it's, it's like, the computer's fucking broken. It's, he's like, no, it's not. It's got a secret passcode. Alfred. Oh, yeah, there's that part. And like when Alfred, when he finally goes and come back to Alfred, Alfred's just like crying, like, no, 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 this is not. He's just, you know, full on. It's like one of the saddest panels that I've seen in the Batman book. I know. Batman walks in. He's all like bloodied up, but he's like in his regular. He's basically in street clothes. He looks like a, almost kind of like a drifter. And he says, take me to my cave. And it's just a picture of Alfred closing his, holding his ears closed, eyes closed, just crying. Like, the things he never wanted to hear again. Like, he was, like, going to hide that cave from him for the rest of his life. You know? And And even, like, even when... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it was just... 
he knew that he finally got to a point where it's like, Bruce, you're at peace in a sense. Don't give this up. You know, of course, Batman's like, well, you know, dude, let me tell you something, Alfred. Those fucking readers right there, he's like breaking the fourth wall, ain't going to pay <laughs> for fucking happy life, Bruce. He's like, well, maybe they will. Give it a chance, Bruce. Give it a chance. <laughs> they don't want to pay to see Bruce Wayne teach finger painting. <laughs> yeah, the little kids, like, you know, after school hours. For an issue or two, it's nice, but let's just get back to punching things, because that's what they want. That's the real reason. But um, there's the part where... I'm surprised it kind of kept Alfred the stub. I was almost in a world of like all this crazy science fiction and all that, that they would have given him a robot arm. Like, oh, look, we cloned you a new arm, but or a new hand. I'm wondering if like some other writer's going to come in and retcon that later, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully they or keep it. Somebody's like, hey, put put a gun on his arm like Barrett from Final Fantasy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> if they did, I'm like, well, that's a choice. Not sure if it's one I would have made, but it's a choice, so let's see where it goes. Uh, it's kind of but... cool that Alfred has a minigun on his hand, so okay. <laughs> I'll get the door, sir. Yeah. Oh, we Next just need another door. Comes. <laughs> <laughs> What's a shame. I don't know, for some reason, you just turned the Alfred from the uh, Gotham like show. Gotham? <laughs> yeah. That Alfred, I'll if he lost his doors. arm, he would get a minigun on it instantly. Oh, he so would, dude. That... That that guy that Alfred doesn't fuck around. I started watching Gotham Two on Netflix, and near like halfway point of season one was okay. This show actually is kind of good. Season, season two, two though, is so fucking like, good. Oh, sh- like I'm surprised at some of the shit they get away with in that show. Fucking, I'm not done with it yet. But fucking goth, like a penguin feeding a lady her children. Exactly. There, the thing about Gotham, it was one of those shows we talked about it when it first came. We we're like, yeah, it's just kind of like CSI or Law and Order with that. Has that show gone on? I literally dropped watching Arrow, Flash, all the other ones. It's like, if there's only, if I only have time for one show, it's Gotham. And the main reason I like that show more than all the other ones is that, you know, the sad part about Arrow and Flash is even though they're always good, it's a lot of times it's the same old, same old stuff kind of happening, just different day, slightly different scenario. In Gotham, every fucking episode is completely different from the next, and that's what I like about it so much. Yeah, there's a couple little hang-ups in there. Like, I really fucking wish that Fish Mooney would have died. But, no, she's still there in season three, so we got to deal with her. But other than that, though, that show is so damn good. I mean, Bruce Wayne's good. Jim Gordon's amazing. Harvey Bullock's great. Alfred fucking steals the show. I mean, there's the Penguin's fantastic. Like, that show really won me over more than I thought it would ever would. And I think if you accept this, hey, no. You know who the real Batman is in that show is Jim Gordon? It's perfectly fine that way. Well, something about that show, it's even like, I mean, because the first one, I mean, it's, it was getting its footing. And I guess it was almost trying to just be like, okay, if the fans can get this out of the way, we at least could probably get another people. Because there's like some of the stuff they do, like when Riddler would come in, like, so what killed him, Riddler? Well, what has four fingers? Da da da, enough riddles. Just like, you know yeah and just and then he's always be holding like a coffee mug with a fucking question mark on it or it didn't like there's that thing when they go see like uh poison ivy he's like hi what's your name like ivy actually it's fucking pamela but you know just some of those, some of those small things like that but you're like oh whatever but then as it goes on yeah it, it kind of like corrects itself it's still one of those ones where you got to kind of accept it that slightly. It's not going to be your normal Batman. It's you know, it's it's an alternative yeah. elsewhere story. But once you kind of get into it and let that show run, boy, does it get good. And that season two, yeah, as I said, that's the only TV show I keep up to date with. Well, that and probably South Park. 
And I said, I just never had, I don't have enough time to watch, you know, I had even had to drop, you know, Arrow, which was kind of my secondary one. And, you know, there's so many cool DC shows out there, but my, it all comes down to it. It's Gotham's the one. But you never thought you'd say, I'm sure. I know. It sounds weird to say that now because it's always like, oh, you know, first I was like, well, Gotham's is okay. You know, I kind of watch it just because it's there. But, you know, really, you know, Arrow and Flash are kind of the ones. And now it's like, nope. But uh, as far as, I guess, this, as far as... Blue. I should, I should Wait, we left this. off on, like, Alfred fucking crying. <laughs> you know what's yeah, really cool Bull- is that Gotham show? Yeah. Well, when he's crying, though, that all that shit, it's just like, you know, they do a good job of, like, making Alfred a big central character. Because even though, even though Alfred's always been a great character, it's always been kind of like, great couple of one-liners, tells Bruce what he needs to hear, he's out the fucking door. Whereas Snyder's run, he's always a big part. Yeah. And that's important, because I think Alfred is just one of the most pinnacle characters. He's he's almost the thing I look most forward to in almost any interpretation. And he really is almost like, doesn't matter which Batman you're watching, he's always super fucking awesome. You know, even if somebody didn't like, you know, the original four Batman movies, you know, that Alfred, though, mm-hmm. is still fucking badass. And just like as he is in, you know, Dark Knight, just like how he was in Batman v Superman, just how he is in Gotham animated series... Alfred's always just such a great character. Mm-hmm. Once well, another great moment in this book, uh-huh. it's when Bruce is going to the pond where he's always going to, and then this other guy who's very slender just kind of walks up and stands next to him, and the conversation like, "Yeah, I got amnesia too. I don't know what happened. I just see you here all the time." And you, as the conversation goes on, I mean, I think you probably piece together who it is when you first see him, but he's talking to the fucking Joker. Joker's lost his memory too. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, something's not right, though. I know that I forgot and I should be happy, but um, and he's about to kill himself. But then what stops him is that there's a big explosion. That's when Bruce runs off. I gotta help Jim Gordon. <laughs> no, that is a neat one there, too. Because it's just, I don't know, I think it's just that different take on like, of what happens if these guys kind of lost who they were and what type of people would they be. And it's that thing that, you know, Bruce becomes something very happy and the Joker just becomes depressed and suicidal. Looking at this, look at uh, Greg Poole's drawing of like Batbeard. Um, I'm kind of thinking here. Want to know who he really looks like with the beard? Who does he look like with the beard? I just got Nice Guys the other day on Blu-ray, and he looks he looks like Russell Crowe with the beard. From nice no, Guys. he does. That's definitely true. Like if Russell Crowe started doing like sit-ups again, you know. Yeah, exactly. Kind of got a little bit more back in the shape. And that's not me talking shit. I know that he's probably, he could still probably kick my ass. Even like, I, I kind of, I'm kind of glad that he's just kind of like, ah, you know, fuck it. I like cheeseburgers. Well, he's almost got like the Bruce Willis kind of build. Cause that's always how Bruce Willis was. You know I mean? He never had the Stallone or Schwarzenegger style, but you know, he could still kick ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I'm, uh, I guess if they ever will actually see already, he already played Jarrell's. I'm trying to think, wasn't there a movie where, Trying to think. Oh yeah, there was. There was uh, three ten to Yuma, where uh, where it's Christian Bale uh-huh. and uh, and Russell, uh, Russell Crowe. So now I'm thinking about like now I'm thinking like oh well I guess they did have Jarrell and the Batman team up so far. Yeah, they did. It was a Western team up too. Could have met Jonah yeah. Hex in that yeah. one. <laughs> I met Jonah Hex. Fuck, Jonah Hex was such a disappointment. Uh, I just how do you fuck that up? That movie. You know, I I have that movie on Blu-ray and. You know, it's not one of those ones. I don't think it's like totally a screwed up movie. I don't think it's like one of those ones. It's the many movies where it's not as cool as it could have been, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's like a two and a half out of four. 
Like, it's still enjoyable. I still had a good time it's watching it. This I watched it three times, once in the theater and twice, I think, on Blu-ray. And I still like it. You know, it's not, once again, nothing amazing, but it's still fun, and it's still a Jonah Hex movie. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like it captures the element in it. It's one of those ones that feels more like early to feels more like nine eleven superheroes more than it feels like later days stuff. But it feels still. like I'm not saying this exactly. But it feels like Daredevil era. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is it feels like it could have been made right around that time period, and it would have been probably more acceptable then. Where when it since it came out in the late two thousand late nineties in the late two thousands or two thousand ten or eleven. What the fuck did that movie come out? But whatever. It had to be like two thousand ten or eleven. Yeah. So when it came out then, I think it was one of those ones people were expecting just a little bit more out of it, and it kind of was just sort of like a, almost like a low-budget knockoff DC one. And, you know, I guess it's in the same similar category as Green Lantern, and that's another one I like, too. Once again, not perfect, but still, if you accept it for what it is, it's still a pretty darn enjoyable movie. I mean, look, I, of, I, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's kind of just how I felt about Jonah Hex. Like, I still like it. Yeah, you know, hopefully someday they'll make another one, it'll be even better, but you know, like many other movies, it sometimes it's like the first one's always kind of like, you know, that's the first step, and you know, you know, it's almost baby steps as far as movies go. Well, I get that. You know, sometimes that I'm not blaming any one individual. I'm not like one individual person for that, but it's like uh, I understand. At least we got a Jonah Hex movie, and at least we got another Western made. But at the same time, I guess to me, it, it was already there for you. You didn't really have to do a whole lot to make that movie amazing, in my opinion. You know, I understand that, like, it's, I don't even dislike the movie. It's just one of those things where it's just like, it's just, it, I don't know. I, I, I clearly didn't enjoy it as much as you did. But to me, it's just one of those things like, it's a West, it's a dark Western with fantasy elements. And it stars Josh Brolin. John Malkovich is the villain. How uh-huh. is that anything short of amazing? I don't know. It's just one of the it had, like it had the perfect it had the perfect setup. You know what I mean? But and it's and not got awesome. Is a whore. I mean, I don't really care when she was when I heard she was in it. I was like, whatever. I don't really care either way. But because you had Josh Brolin and like John Malkovich as the two leads, so I was like, oh fuck yeah. But then watching the movie, it was just like I don't know. Bless. There's all these cutaways for what was clearly meant to be an R-rated movie. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of the downfall of it. Is it probably should. They just would have sure went balls out R, you know, and made it a really badass flick. And once again, I think if you accept it for what it is, like probably if you did a second watching of it and you kind of knew what you were going into, you probably got, you probably enjoy it just a little bit more. I think it's just we were in the theater. We were fucking amped. I just remember that. It was like, New Western plus comic books together? Whoa! Like one of those kind of <laughs> moments. You know, if there was trading cards there, we would have strangled the person for them. Like, there was too much for one. <laughs> and then you kind of got the movie that's like, okay, kind of walk out like, well, there was some cool stuff in there, but uh, not really as cool as I thought it was going to be. I'll tell you, though, the Blu-ray has some sweet special features, though. <laughs> About John Hex, okay. Yeah, they they got the next one. The like, pawn, next time at the pawn shop. Yeah, it's one of those. If you see the blue, I found it at Big Lots for like five bucks. So I was like, oh, cool, I'll buy that. Fucking a. <laughs> That's the thing is, I noticed that like sometimes the superhero movies that aren't nearly as good, they have like the much better special features. Like that Electro one, it blew my mind. How much was on that one? Yeah, I mean, I guess they, that's the one that will shit. They need more than this movie. <laughs> you know, if you think it's one of those things like. Yeah, put the effort you did in the special features and you would have an amazing movie because they put some great effort in those special features. 
I remember the Daredevil one, like not the director's cut, the original Daredevil one. Like, here's like a whole hour like summary on like the like history of Daredevil. Like, holy shit! Why how did not you put this much effort into the final cut of the movie? I know that's it's kind of weird that they did that. Well, if you get the Blu-ray now, they combine them all together pretty much. So, okay. Good but yeah, it's that kind of one. Like, I kind of miss those days though. Like when they used to put some really sweet special features. Because nowadays it seems like, you know, every once in a while you get a movie that's got some good special features, but it's almost not that big of a deal anymore. So either movies don't put it on there or if they do, you get kind of like the half ass, like, well, here's a nine minute long one. Just a couple of the actors talking that they just happened to round up at the time. And that's well, all I get. noticed, I noticed like fucking nice guys and have shit on it. I mean, I love that movie, but yeah, I was kind of bummed that, too. Cause that movie's kind of expensive too. It was really expensive. Yeah. It was like 25 so, bucks. That's the problem is like the movies that I always end up spending $25 on. It was like pain and gain. Great movie, fucking worst Blu-ray ever. No fucking special features whatsoever. There's not even an audio commentary on it, and it was $25. I noticed movies with the cooler special features, assuming they had the budget for it, is something like, uh, like kind of an independent movie, something like uh, Hobo with a sh- Shotgun, oh, or yeah, really like, you know, or like Clerks 10, something like that. And there's yeah, other, I mean, they're like super special edition like that, but which is like, you know, a 10 year anniversary. Or if you get something like the lines of like, uh, it's not even it just came out around the same time. Remember Lord of the Rings? That was back right when those came out. That was when it was a big deal and have special features. So like, Look at all this extra shit. You know, now it's just like, oh, we got like a 10 minute making of like, here's a uh, here's someone doing some sit ups, getting ready for the character. That's how, you know, he is. He's dedicated to his craft. And uh, oh, here's a bunch of shit you can't afford in order to make this movie. Yeah, well, that was like, well, Lord of the Rings had their special features. That was like the pinnacle of like special features. It was like you, any movie you bought from about like 2000 to about 2007, it was like guaranteed a copious amount of special features. Like the idea of not putting a second disc on you on your film was like, that was fucking out of the question. You know what I mean? Like you had to have that fucking second disc loaded to the max fucking six hours, you know, three times longer than the movie of special features. Well, I remember, I think 2008 is where it started to kind of, like, veer off, because there it's like, okay, we got the regular one that has, like, the movie, maybe a trailer, and then we have the special edition with all the cool shit, you know? And I remember, like, because Batman Begins was coming out, bring it back to Batman, and I was like, fuck yeah! And I just bought the first one I saw, because I'm like, fucking Batman Begins, it's the like, coolest movie ever, you know? Uh-huh. Then, like no special feature what the fuck is this shit then later i'm like oh wait there's a big special edition that comes with a miniature comic this and that it goes into like an hour like a, a 45 minute like documentary on making a batman doing a gritty this and that and like oh shit okay and then um when dark knight came out like and and dark knight rises like yeah we kind of put all the good shit on the last one so on the first one actually yeah because that's i remember watching both dark knight and dark knight rises just like oh that's that's kind of it. It's like, boy, at least Man of Steel actually had some pretty good special features, though. But mm-hmm. other than that, though, it's like it's always kind of the bummer nowadays that so many movies just don't they don't have special features. And then at the same time, though, a lot of times I don't feel like I can have time to watch special features anymore like I used to because I'll, I'll still know you have them. I'll still buy the super special edition rape edition of a movie. But then it's like, oh, six fucking hours of oh, crap. I don't have any time for that. I barely have enough time just to watch the movie over again, let alone watch the special features now. But still, I still love the special features. If I have the time, I like to be able to sit down and watch that. I feel like it's just like you walking by like a like a 
DVD, a Blu-ray with like a sticker. It says like eight hours of special features. Like you're not fucking going nowhere. I'll get to it. Yeah, he's got to do. He's got to own it. He's got to own it just for like you know, show it who's boss. Exactly, you gotta have that. But I know that kind of pissed me off of like some of some of the latest movies. But speaking of another Batman thing that kind of came out slightly recently that we weren't oh, able to talk yeah. about, there's also the, the new episode of Batman Telltale that came out what two weeks ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. I already forgot my decisions of that game. I know that's a downfall. <laughs> I was like when I, I was like, good thing they had like a last time on Batman because if they didn't have that, I'd be like, I don't remember what the fuck I did on episode one. I remember how it ended. I remember the big ending is. Um, I think the big question that really kind of comes down most important thing, like, do you help Selena or do you help Harvey? Which me, everybody In episode helps, two. Yeah, everybody helps yeah. Selena, but I actually went out of my way and helped Harvey because, like, well, Selena could take care of herself. Harvey's going bad, going two face if I don't save his ass. So here we go. Well, that's pretty much how I've been playing the game too. Is I just go, no, I do everything for Harvey because we all know what Harvey will turn into if we don't do everything for him, and he probably still will, anyways. But he probably will. What if it's just something as small as like. Everything like and everything turned out okay. Oh, it's in a hot coffee. Gets in the face. No, bros. Why? He's like, oh well. Mostly Alfred always makes the coffee for me. I'm my bad. You see, I'm good at science and fighting crime. When it comes to the menial task of making coffee, I just <laughs> it just slids by me. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Oh shit, half your face is gone. <laughs> yeah, I know one of those things. No, well, it's like one of those ones I played it actually slightly recently because I downloaded it and it's like, once again, didn't have a whole lot of time. I was like, oh, fuck, we got a podcast at some point. I got to get this fucking beat. At least it's only like an hour and a half, so it didn't take up too much of my time. Well, something they did get a point across is like, no, like, Thomas Wayne was a fucking dick. And, now, and I thought, I was like, is this going to be like some kind of turnaround thing? Are they going to try and surprise you? And he's actually, no, he is a good guy. He was just put in a weird situation. And Alfred's like, no, your dad was a fucking asshole. Just want to let he's you like, know. He's like, I was packing my fucking bags the day that they fucking got killed. I was like, fuck Martha and fuck Thomas, and I don't give a fuck working at this manor. And in fact, I was going to burn the living shit out of this place. And then they died, and I was like, well, I like Bruce. He's a good kid. Can't let him be up by himself. So I unpacked my stuff and came back in the manor, put those matches away, and, uh, well, that gasoline smell that you always wondered about, Bruce, well, it, it's just <laughs> never really going away. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he told me he never start smoking yes bruce it is bruce bruce no 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 don't bring those kids in that are half the cigarettes <laughs> I, I know that he's like he's like alfred gasoline only lasts for so long before it dissipates completely he's like yeah i know but i'm just afraid i'm afraid I, literally bruce i there was gasoline everywhere you know, that you went and saw a two and a half hour long movie. You can imagine what I did in two and a half hours of gasoline. <laughs> I just imagine him just literally just walking around the whole mansion, just like, like just fucking buckets of the shit. He just got like this humongous truck outside with a ginormous, like, <laughs> or just spraying it with a fire hose. I <laughs> just hosing it down. Like he's crying, he gets home, like, hey, they're dead, Alfred, they're dead. Why is it why does it smell like gasoline? Don't worry about that. It's just you're sad you're 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 imagining gasoline because you're so sad. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Shut the fuck up. You're sad. Go go yeah. Tomorrow will be a better fuck up here. Yeah. Drink some alcohol now. You wake what? I mean, I mean you know, your nighttime medicine. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's actually like this... dad's breath. Oh we're not even going near there. All right. <laughs> Even in this Batman, though, it's like, even, there's like the sad Alfred moments where he's like, he's like, I was trying to protect you, Bruce. I was doing it all for you. 
Did and you, you know, yeah, you, you give him the dickhole off. Op- you give him like the like, what? No, Alfred, shut the fuck up. Where you're like, okay, it's okay, Alfred, get Alfred. It would be hard for me to be like a dick to Alfred because yeah. generally, lots of times Batman's already such an ass to Alfred that, and it's that weird thing where it's like, no, 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 they totally like love each other, not like in a gay way, but you know, you like his family. <laughs> but it is that one sometimes you like in just certain episodes and comics and things like that, you're like. Fuck, sometimes Batman is just like the biggest dick to like Alfred. I was thinking there's an there's the April Fool's episode of like animated series where he just was like Alfred was how do we draw how get my bath ready? She's so like, Alfred, she's so like, I said I'd draw you a bath. I drew you a bath. Ha 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 holds up a little like like piece of paper. I can just imagine if it was like Frank Miller Batman just grabbed by the collar, don't you ever fucking do that again. <laughs> just like starts beating him over the head of his sketchbook. <laughs> throws in the fire i don't want any creativity out of you yeah. only thing i want out of you is folding my clothes and making my fucking bath <laughs> he like then he then like punches like right past alfred's head like punches a hole in the wall all the fucking like plaster and drywall comes up now clean that shit up and walks out <laughs> and then on his way out, he just grabs a cord and just starts pulling it so it just tears up even more of the wall <laughs> That's the thing. Alfred's not actually not Jeff Johns Earth One Alfred, who's a total like you know Cockney brawler, but the old time Alfred. It's not. He's not even really doesn't even. It's not so much that he's like paid to be there. He's more just captured. He's just he let Batman start doing all the Batman stuff, and then from there he says, "Oh my God, he I know too much. I cannot go on anywhere, Alfred. You're stuck here." He's like, in your neck, I got a timed bomb in there. So if you decide to run, I pull this switch and it blows your head right off. I battle royale that shit. Yeah, fucking Amanda Waller hooked me up with it. <laughs> she <laughs> says it works good on convicts. You get further, you get a certain radius away from me. Boom, goes Alfred. He's like, he's like, I got one of those underground dog fences out there. <laughs> you <laughs> run through that. The only time you're allowed to leave is when you're with me. Yeah. And you're going to be ten steps right behind me the whole time. <laughs> so he's just more... Yeah. And he hears everything. He hears everything. So he can't be like, he watches me. He keeps me here. I raised him, and this is how he treats me. You know, he can't stand. Otherwise, his head's just going to explode. Like, Bruce, what happened? Your 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 Alfred... Your, your Alfred... Your, your butler's head just, like, spontaneously exploded. I don't know. He's fucking old. They do that, right? Yeah, you know, old people exploding. So have my dad. Well, sort of. Yeah. Somebody shot him. It was actually kind of interesting. At least the way that in the Telltale one, when they shoot Martha and Thomas, they do it kind of differently. It's like, oh fuck, Thomas gets shot like three times and then gets shot right through the eye. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of ballsy way to do it. Kind of a way to break it up a little bit differently. They are kind of doing the. They are trying to make it a little bit more. Um violent with the game they definitely are trying to make it an m-rated game but uh the uh i am i'm waiting for a rendition i mean i don't know at what point is it blasphemy and what point is it okay something different where they don't show the pearls i know at least that one too once again it was it was a different way of doing the pearls at least he ripped the pearls off once she was dead on the ground i it's the small things that I know. It's like, okay, it's not the same as, you know, like, oh, she's falling backwards and he grabs it or he takes it from the beginning or something like that. But yeah, at the same time, like the Telltale one, at least it's kind of doing its own thing, but it does do some things like, and that makes sense because they got to sell the game to people that probably only know of Batman as maybe they 
maybe they, all they've seen is Batman versus Superman. Maybe that's the only Batman they know. So they got to kind of make it for that audience. Batman versus Superman, I will say, even though it could have totally gone without the whole um, beginning. Beginning. Like. With, I'll say this. That is at least probably the most accurate version of the uh, death of his parents because something gets several things across. Like, it wasn't just as simple as, like, there they are, I'll shoot them. Like, back in the original, it was one of those things. I think they're just trying to do, like, a real man would st- stick up for his family. Because, like, like Thomas goes in and goes swinging for a punch in Batman v Superman, which in the original, there was that whole thing, like, get away from them, you evil dog, gets shot. Then his mother gets shot. And... Martha, they made a point several times in multiple books that Martha is shot in the neck and that movie clearly gets that across as the pearl. And it has that cool shot of the of the pearls around the gun. right in the camera. Yeah. So even though that scene didn't need to happen, that is and plus they're actually walking out of the mark of Zorro. So Yeah, well it's one of those ones it's the scene's done great. It's just you've seen it so many times that you kind of get to a point. Mm-hmm. where exactly. yeah, it's like oh, okay okay and, and even and even in the telltale one once again it's like oh okay that's how this episode two opens up but well, at least they did a little bit differently and i do like how they kind of brought the joe chill sort of around in that story like oh maybe falcone hired him and then you kind of realize no that's not the case but it is sort of an interesting way that they're playing with it and then they also got they introduced in the second one they got the they got this kind of new villain who kind of shows up in there which the only thing i really hope is i hope is not one of those ones that by episode four, it's like he pulls off his mask. It's like, oh, it's just the Joker or something like that. It's like, I hope they keep it actually a brand new villain. It's probably Scarecrow or someone else. The uh, Well, he's Arkham doing Scarecrow like stuff, but I hope it is just a brand new villain. Because in a sense, I thought that was the biggest downfall to the last Batman game, Arkham Knight, was, oh, you you got this brand new character called the Arkham Knight, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's cool. He's created by Jeff Johns and everything like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's, it's just Jason Todd, and, well, one, that's not how I feel Jason Todd would act anyways, and two, it's just, like, keep making a new character. Like, I'm kind of at this point where there was a time period where I felt like, no, 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 just just use, don't make up characters, you know, just use who's already there. But for certain places, I feel like, no, I'm actually totally cool with them making up a new character. And in a video game, it's like, sure, go for it. Like, you know, that's fine. We already had the handful of other Batman games that had all the other characters in it, you know, for the most part. Put some new characters in there. That's cool. If Arkham so I Knight the, was a... Oh, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, I just hope in the Telltale one, it doesn't do the same thing Arkham Knight does. If Arkham Knight was a movie instead of a video game, I probably would have been more forgiving about that. There's only so much information you can get into a movie. So if they did that, I'd probably be a little bit more understanding for that. But uh, since it's um, a video game, and even though we've never had Red Hood in a video game up to that point, it still just felt kind of... Uh, I don't know. I, I well, the second cause you knew it was going to be somebody. It's not. I don't think anything by this point. I think there's a time where people are like, "Gee, there's some guy in a mask." <gasps> That's somebody we knew already. I didn't know that. You know, now it's just you know it's just common knowledge. It's going to be somebody we're already familiar with. So, and the second joke is like, "Hey, whatever happened to Jason Todd?" I'm like, "Oh, fuck! It's going to be Jason Todd." For a minute, I was thinking it's okay. It's either Thomas Elliot's. Maybe it's Talia, but then, uh-huh. um, but then, like you know, because they say, okay, he's acting kind of like an angry child, sort of. So maybe it's Tommy. It's probably not by this point. It's not Talia, because she because it seems a little too like show me Batman, show me what you got. I'm like, okay, that's, that could be that could be hush. But then reaches a point like, oh fuck, it's gonna be it's gonna be Jason Todd. It's gonna be Jason Todd. I know it. 
I know. And it was, you know, even though that game's still a really fun game, it's just like, I think the thing that bothers me about that is since I'm, since I really like Jason Todd a lot, and then you just kind of watch like them kind of pulling him apart. It's just like, that's not how Jason Todd would act. I mean, it sounds kind of weird. Like, yeah, well, who, what do you fucking know about? It's like, well, I read a lot of stuff that has Jason Todd in it. And we made Jason Todd a pretty predominant character in Drunk Batman. So, yeah, I feel like I do got a connection to Jason Todd. <laughs> well, the thing about Jason Todd is in that game, he just kind of came in. And he was really, he's really a bitch in the game. Because he doesn't get a redeeming moment. He just gets a moment where we see he's a good soldier. He's good at doing what he does. But he never fights Batman on equal footing. It's always kind of like, I'm at a point where you can't catch me. And I'm going to fire at you. Or I'm going to come at you in a tank that's already much bigger than yours. There is no level of equal footing for this character. So you don't have that redeeming... Like, his introduction in both the mo- in the, Under the Redhead of the movie and the comic is him busting a bunch of, like, drug dealers. Like, look, you guys are going to sell to kids. If you sell to kids, I'm going to kill you. Oh, by the way, you're working for me. Want to know why? Here's a duffel bag full of all your gang members' heads. And I did that in two hours. Want to see what I can do in a whole night? That right there, it's just like, all right, he's a bad guy, but I already fucking like this guy. So, well, and the, and the thing too about Jason Todd is, I always viewed him as he's pretty much everybody always wants Punisher Batman. Well, they pretty much that's who Jason Todd is. He's Punisher Batman. And in the, the arc of Nile, it's just that thing where it's just like, no, it's like, don't, it's like they turn him into this kind of like whiny guy. It's like, oh, you, Batman, you ruined my entire life. You could have saved me. And then once he gets to the point where he starts harming Jim Gordon and Barbara and all that stuff, it's like, he would never fucking do that. I'm like, no matter what, even if he had Biff with Batman, he's not going to go after the other guys. It's like, why would he? So I, I don't know. We're, when you think, maybe this is their thing too. It's like, well, did it have fucking, they got Paul Denny off of the crew, so then it went all haywire for the writing part. Well, I'll say and this. Feel, uh, go ahead. As I say, it's like, I know they had Jeff Johns there too, but it's almost like, it almost feels like it's made by people who, they know who Batman is, but they're not like Batman fans, if that makes any sense. Well, and I know we're talking about a game that was like a year, year and a half ago or whatever after we tried to talk about Telltale, but still. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you kind of, what, what did you choose? What did you do? All right. Yeah, I did that. Same thing. Okay. That's kind of the Telltale game. But um, I will say, uh, regarding that, though, real quick, Jason Todd. Um, he actually did start off as a villain when he was Red Hood. It took a little while for him to become an actual hero. Like, depends on how you view it. Like, at first, it was more like, no, he is a villain. He has some good qualities about him, but he is a villain. Then eventually, like, oh, no, he's actually more of an anti-hero now. Because there was a point during, like, when Batman was disappearing, there was the Grant Morrison run of a Damien and... and um, Dick. D- is, Dick. It, yeah, and they're going against, they're going against Red Hood... And he had a whole other, like, outfit. And they, they, he even had this weird thing about, like, he actually had red hair. Batman made him dye his hair black. And then yeah. other there's, like, other things that happened. And eventually he just became a good guy. But uh, And he did actually go attack. He did attack uh, t- t- Tim Drake, saying, you're no real fucking Robin, because that's the Robin that came after him. And uh-huh. uh, But now, but now in, in, but by this point in the New 52, they're actually good friends. Tim Drake and jason todd so i don't know it just he i understand that it's that whole thing kind of like the no no i don't want you, i don't i'm not mad at you for not saving me in time i'm mad at you for letting joker live and with joker being dead there'd be no real point of him being there in the first place but i guess they need the villain they need to throw you a curveball so there he is and i think it's one of those ones like 
maybe that curveball is really big to someone who doesn't know anything about Batman. Like, so let's say you've just seen the movies and you're playing this game and maybe you didn't even play the first two. Maybe then you jumped into Arkham Knight just without even playing or the first three. And so you're just into it there. Maybe that's a big curve. I think to like the full on Batman fans, which you would think by Arkham Knight, that's almost like who this game's made for, even though I know that that's also a gateway kind of Batman jump on point for a lot of people too, especially younger people. But even still, it just felt like one of those like, oh, that's it. And bringing it all back to the Telltale, I just really hope that's not the case with this one, too. I hope that it's something cool. It's not just like, oh, you're going to pull the lazy writing, not like just try to create a full-on new character. And it's one of those ones like, I think it should just be a full-on new character. Why not? You know, that's what made Bloom kind of cool. You know, it's like, here's this brand new character to fight Jim Gordon, Batman. And it's not anything like you've seen before, you know, and it ends in a kaiju battle. That's why Bloom was pretty sweet. I think the reason I think people like new characters in the comics, they don't like them in like adaptations. Well, you know, it's like that's one thing I feel by now there's been so much Batman. There was a time period where that would have been weird by now, other than maybe a movie. I don't think it's that big of a deal. If you want to make a new character in an animated show, if you want to make a new character in a video game or even yeah, well, anything else like that, mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I think the only time that might be a little bit weird is if they're like, okay, well, here's the next Batman movie. And well, I'll even say this, you know, there's just been so much Batman animated stuff and all kinds of things going on. Even if they like the Ben Affleck one, it's like, oh, well, guess who he's going to find this one? Well, he's going to fight some made-up character. But let's say it was created by, not Jeff Johns, because clearly it didn't work the last time he did that. But by, uh, even though... Well, he could. He'd do it again. It was just like... I'm he, sure pretty- it, was just, it was just a mess. But let's just say, let's just say you got Scott Snyder to come up there and create a brand new villain for um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo to create one for Ben Affleck to fight in the next Batman one. I would be totally fine for that. You know what I mean? Well, now they're hinting at, unless it's for Justice League, now they're saying Deathstroke. I know, because they got that, uh, the, the Joe, what the fuck his name is? He's a really cool actor guy. I'm trying to blank on his name. Joe Mangioli, or Mangi. He was in that last Pee Wee Herman movie. Oh, he was? Okay. Well, it was like, that was like the whole point of the movie, is that he was like, hey, Pee Wee! And like, he's like, you should come to my birthday party, it's gonna be fucking badass! And like, they happened to be him and Pee Wee were like, identical. And he's playing himself in the movie, which... It makes it even kind of weirder, but he's like, oh. so yeah, come on, I got, my, I got my big birthday party happening in New York or wherever the fuck it is. And he's like, come on by. Okay, well, I'm, maybe I'll check that out eventually. But I, I was, I'll be honest, I'll be, I was one of the few people, I was never a Pee Wee Herman fan. I never disliked Pee Wee Herman. I, I just was never a fan of Pee Wee Herman. Well, he's one of those kind of people, like, I can see why. Like, my dad, like, fucking hates Pee Wee Herman. It's just like, there's just like this primal, like, I don't know, rage is like if Pee Wee Herman comes on TV. I just see your dad walk to me like, son, what the fuck are you doing? Like my, dad be, my, like, dad be, my dad would be straight up like, Ron, what the fuck is this? What the fuck? Oh, your dad would be like, Spencer, I just understand. What's going on here? Yeah, like, like he, he doesn't like Pee Wee Herman like the same way he hates hobbits. Like they're just, <laughs> just the rings, really. <laughs> no, yeah, my my dad. Well, he doesn't like fantasy in general, but something about the hobbits. He just thinks they're like the gayest characters. <laughs> <laughs> just having, oh uh, boy, I don't know, I know that your dad's not on the show or nothing, but I'm just imagining just your dad. Because <laughs> your dad's the most nicest, most chill dude, but just being kind of like, I just imagine him just singing theater, just like, man, fuck these hobbits, you know, fuck these hobbits, Spencer. <laughs> I just, I can't fucking stand these fucking hobbits. Hope they all fucking die. 
Jesus, Scott. I'm like, yeah, Ryan, I said it. Fuck him. Hope they'll die. <laughs> uh, he, he had a he had an extremely funny name for like when he was trying to call Schmeagle whatever it was. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it was just hilarious because he'd get it like wrong. But <laughs> no, yeah, for some like for, yeah for some Schmeagle. reason like any yeah something like that. But like just hates fantasy like movies and things like that. And but the Hobbit just puts him over the edge. <laughs> I know it's your dad for his birthday now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'll, it's back to Batman for a minute. The big blue guy in the black uh, tank top, that's supposed to be Solomon Grundy, right? Is that who that was supposed to be? Because I was like, is that supposed to be like some like... That, I guess that makes sense. Because I was looking at him at first, and I was like, well, maybe that's Croc, and he just has a way different look. And then I was like, well, no, that's not. that can't be Croc. Who the fuck is that guy supposed to be? I was confused. Maybe it's Solomon Grundy. You'd have to Wikipedia. That. But that that actually, when you say that, that actually sounds more like it. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's probably it. Yeah, I couldn't figure out who that was supposed to be. Well, the other thing's kind of weird too. It's funny how like Penguin pretty much has like the hipster gang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying to go something a little more. He's trying to make it all kind of dapper, and he is playing himself off like a Guy Ritchie villain. And even when but then, it, then in, his gang's all like hipster like. Well, that's what I thought was kind of funny. Like when you're in this bar fight, which is actually a pretty cool scene, where like you go to meet. Selena, and you're like, oh, we gotta talk about this shit. And some guy comes up to Hassel, he's like, alright, I was fucking playing pool here. And you're like, yeah, go suck a dick. Okay, Selena, let's go talk about what we're doing. <laughs> and then um, when you actually have that book, it's, it, there's something cool about, like, Batman barroom brawl. I don't know what it is. Whenever, I, mean, I already love Batman beating people up, but when you take Batman out of his elements, and, well, he's already in his element, but when you put him in, like, Bruce Wayne, and just having a bar brawl, just, like, plaid shirts, like, this style like, oh that's actually pretty awesome yeah especially too when like these like hipster gang comes up it's like the penguin needs to talk to you selena scram you there buddy and then it's like the option camp is like punch guy in the face i'm like oh fuck yeah yeah that's what i did i was just like, just <laughs> I, was, I was like fuck that guy's day up and then that whole part where we'll say like even like when the Riddler comes out and the, Riddler, the uh, penguin comes out and he has like that weird gas mask almost looks like a bird skull like, I don't want to walk around that, that the whole time, but that moment, that works pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, I thought that was actually kind of a cool mask. And for the most part, I think that Telltale one's really coming together well. I like the kind of Bruce Wayne dynamic. You know, I mean, once again, you're pretty much just watching an animated series episode that you get to make the decisions on, but that's kind of cool in itself, you know? Mm -hmm. I think if you're going into that game expecting Arkham Knight 5, you would be sorely, like, bummed. I'm a little mad for how long it's taken to come out because I, I know the you know, physical copy of it like earlier this month. And I'm like, okay, that means it must be coming out like every other week or something or over the next two months. And they're like, oh, wait, no, they're taking their sweet fucking time. So that means you bought a disc. Now you're just fucking waiting for it to come out little by little. Well, it's kind of goofy, too. It's like, wh why would you even sell the disc when there's nothing on the fucking disc but like a season pass? Pass. That's all it is. It's literally just a pass. You still have to download all the the you know the episodes i think that's kind of fucking retarded yeah because if you already don't if you the, i think the whole point of having like buying something on a disc is it's, well if you're buying on a disc it's probably don't have internet access so the second you you know get a disc that you need internet access to it's just like okay what the fuck yeah i know that's goofy that's stupid it's that's like xbox philosophy because you know playstation for you know on playstation 4 i was always like okay all these games are at least still on the disc because you can put a game in right when you get it and do that thing where it's like, oh, do you want to wait for the update? And it's like, five gigs, fuck you. Skip ahead. Let's just play this game right now. You can do that in the background. Mm -hmm. 
For the Xbox, I, I really do not think most of those games are actually on the disc. I think most of the time you have just a fucking pass and you got to download it off the internet because you have to wait like overnight to play those games. I know Xbox is trying to swoop in and get some of that PlayStation. Because like PlayStation, they were doing the thing like, I know they've kind of switched off. Like Xbox 360 was being kind of cool and chill about everything. Like, hey man, we're Xbox. Come on by, have some fun. PlayStation's like, fuck you, seven hundred dollars to play me. And then yeah. you get to then you get to like the next generation, and it's like Xbox. Like, yo, where the fuck you going? We're Xbox. Guess what? That we that little fucking camera is always on, always needs to be online. You can't trade games with your friends, otherwise you have to pay ten more bucks. Fuck you, you know. And then like PlayStation's like, hey man, do whatever you want. It's chill. It's cool. Come hang out. And then now they're starting to get greedy again because now like, well, come out the PlayStation Neo, which is a souped up version. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I heard I, I got to do more research on this, but I heard. They're gonna have exclusive Xbox, uh, PlayStation Neo games, which I hope that's not fucking true. I'm hoping just a souped-up PlayStation Four. I'm hoping that's all it is, not this well, midway bullshit. Well, this is the goofy thing about it: we're only two years away for when a PlayStation Five should just be coming out. So they're they're it's like, in a sense, that's like a half-assed version of what the PlayStation Five should be. And Xbox is doing the exact same thing with the Scorpio, which really, if you think about it, this is pretty much what Nintendo is doing right now too. But maybe they're trying to fuck over Nintendo once again because Nintendo's doing the NX next year and they're like, oh yeah, we'll fucking one-up you. We'll make an even more advanced version of our PlayStation and Xbox. And hopefully, it's another, like, hopefully it's not another Dreamcast. I mean, in the, I don't mean that like in a, like Dreamcast sucked, but Dreamcast is just premature. You mean like the NX? Well, that's what I mean. Is like, because Nintendo's been kind of, they've been like two steps behind, which no matter what, they always have like almost some of the best games anyways because they're Nintendo and you no. Know, Xbox and PlayStation can't stand up to that, but I the NX is, if the NX comes out, it's like okay now it matches the PS4 and Xbox One, and then all of a sudden, boom, they release these like rape editions of their systems, you know, and they keep saying like, well, no, you'll still be able to play the games on it, but will it be like one of those ones like when uh right when the PS4 kind of came out and they started you know releasing some of those games where it came out on both PS4 and PS3. And if you got that PS3 version, it was almost like your system was about to die as you were playing. It's like, I'm trying to play it for you. <laughs> the graphics are just too hard. And some of the games, too, it's like, I guess I had like the Re- Resident Evil Revelations, too. Because I, before I got a PS4, I bought it right on PS3. And I remember looking at that game. I was like, man, this game does not look that great on here. It's just like, it is just barely making it to play on that PS3. Just barely. And I just hope that's not what it's going to become. It's like, oh, yeah, well... It will play on your PS4, but eh, how well it plays. Eh. It's up you to know, you. I, I also kind of want to do also with the VR. Is it the reason why they're releasing those new systems? Is it to make it so, hey, the VRs might not work so well on the old system. So we need to up the fucking ante so it'll work fine on the new system. I, it's a weird one. People can say what they will, but I still don't give a fuck for VR. Maybe once I actually played it, I'll feel different and... You know, I know it's the wave of the future, but nothing has made me excited for VR. For a minute, I was kind of excited on the Rick and Morty thing, but then I saw the uh, footage of it, and I'm like, I mean, it, it looks like, I know, here's the thing. The Wii was a stepping stone, but it didn't really pick up from there. Maybe kind of VR will, sort of. 
but we was sort of a stepping stone. I understand what it was trying to do, but it's just like, you know what? I'd rather just sit here and have a regular controller and not have to wave my arms around to play the game. Where VR, maybe it's trying to make the next couple steps from that, but no, I know I got a feeling the first like good handful of games is just going to be like stare at this girl from Dead or Alive, be all creepy like. And then, like, you know, just some small kind of, like, all right, this is more testing mechanics. Here's the Rick and Morty game, which I'm sure will be funny, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, I just want to say this. This is kind of off topic, but when I was playing the Batman Telltale, and for some reason the Rick and Morty thing reminded me of it, picture this. Picture a Telltale game that's Archer. That would be that would be funny. I like it. it Bruce Wayne does look a lot like Archer in that game. Well, that, that, that's where we were getting the idea from. I was like, oh, fuck, Bruce Wayne just looks like Archer's kind of like more like a little bit more. <laughs> just a different ass. That's a game where you would be putting the most asshole thing to say. It's but like... that's what I mean. Like, think about it. Like, Archer is set up perfectly for a Telltale game because you would have oh, all your, yeah. like, you would have all your dickhole responses and then you could have your action scenes too. Like, I'm like, dude, that would be fucking badass. And still, even though, like, I think that there is no real nice response to anybody unless there is one, maybe even if you're being nice to somebody, it's greatly putting down somebody else. Like in order to like make Pam feel nice, you got to put down Cheryl or, you know what I mean? So it's just this constantly, you know, you're being, it's like who to somebody. Yeah. Who are you going to insult or or by like insulting one person, you gain trust of the other. And like, they can have the story branched out. But I'm like, and you can always just strong arm Cyril. You can always just strong arm Cyril into doing something for you. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, that would be a really cool. It would be the, almost the perfect way to make a game because you know they they've tried to make games off like sitcoms before. You know, you think of like this. You know, there's all the Simpsons games, and they're always been fun. And there's been you know there's been a Family Guy game and a few of those, and also uh, Beavis and Butthead and so on. But I actually think that Telltale way is almost the ultimate perfect way for a cartoon to kind of go. Especially. I think Archer would be like just dialed in perfectly for it. Plus the gra- the graphics are already practically Archer graphics anyways. Archer and also Rick and Morty I think would make sense too, but Archer's perfect for it. Yeah, like Rick and Morty, but I mean like Archer, like Telltale wouldn't have to do anything. They already have their graphics practically set up for Archer. And you just got to get the writers to come in and just make a script or just like you just rudest, meanest things you could say to anybody. Yeah, like I thought that'd be really cool, but – yeah, that just kind of reminded me of there when you're talking about the Rick and Morty VR. But going back to that VR, I you know, it's one of those ones, like, VR has always been that exciting thing for about the last, you know, 30 years or so, ever since our kind of lawnmower man and those early, like, arcade games we'd get that were, like, partial VR, like the Star Wars one, where you'd play as Luke or Darth Vader and you'd, like, have to... It was pretty much just a one-on-one, like, shooter-slash-lightsaber battle game, but that stuff was cool back in the day. And I think nowadays... I. I think at first there'll be like some of those games where it won't be like 100% VR. It'll be more like, okay, you put your VR helmet on and let's just say you're playing something like Tomb Raider. Well, now you're literally like locked into this game. So you, in a sense, you block out your cabinets and your posters and your wall of life in your home. And now you are sucked into the game literally where no matter what direction you look, you were inside this game. And I think just that in itself, even if you're just holding an Xbox controller in your hand and you can look around, I think that would be kind of a cool way to play it because it's going to look like you're playing it on a, you know, a movie theater screen, but in your house. And that in itself, I think is really neat. Yeah. I think that eventually, don't be wrong. 
I think VR is going to pick up and become a pretty awesome thing. I just don't think it's going to be that... Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that Mario 64 jump, where you go from Mario World to like, whoa, what the fuck is this? I think it's, we're yeah. going to see it little by little, and I think the first couple of steps are going to be, you know, kind of like, well, you know, it's a step, but, you know, we got to kind of choke it down. And I don't mean to be dismissive about it, because I know at least someone's pushing towards it. And, you know, a lot of people are being like, this guy saying that? The guy who's like, how do I turn my tweets back on? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is called the Old Man Orange Podcast for a reason. But, well, it's one of those ones, like, I think that, you know, because I was saying about that the other day is when, you know, because the N64 just had its 20th anniversary. Make yourself feel old, Wait, kids. Wait, it had its what? 20th anniversary. Like, I think two days ago. Like a day or two days ago. And I, uh, you know, and I thought about it. I'm like, you know, realistically, I think the N64 is pretty much the biggest, like, oh my God moment of video games. I mean, obviously, if you weren't there for the time, you're not going to know that experience. But I thought about it from that point. I'm like. No other system had that, oh my god, like, this is ridiculous. You know, going from Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo to being, boom, we're in this full-on 3D world. I, you know, that was a humongous jump. Because, you know, you, then you go, let's just say you go to the GameCube and PS2 era next. Well, that was just taking the N64 graphics. And it was still it was still a pretty good jump. But it was just making them smoother. You know, the character models look better. And, you know, it was just... It was more of the same stuff, just everything was smoother and better looking, mm-hmm. you know. And that's almost how PS3 was, you know. It took then it was the next step. We're gonna add more level. We're gonna add more depth. And then PS4 comes out, and it's like, okay, now everything's crystal clear. You can see things really far away. You know, the lighting, the shadowing—that's the stuff that's really make it stand out. It's almost not the big picture. It's all the little things they're able to do. But boy, you know, yeah, literally going from Super Mario World to jumping into Super Mario 64, I just don't think it's, it's gonna be hard to capture that big of a jump again. I mean, it will happen at some point, but I'm sure it will, and maybe it's gonna be. Don't be wrong, because I think there will be. It will be. Maybe once you utilize a, a game franchise I care about, like, well, I'm wrong. I like Dead or Alive. I just don't want a Dead or Alive game where I just stare at girls creepily. The thing is, like, have you seen the footage of that? <laughs> you, you, you'll, you'll say that, and then the second that someone's like, hey, dude, you want to come over and check my VR? Like, oh, yeah, I'll come by. We'll check this this Dead or Alive one out. Oh, that's kind of fucking nerdy. You put this on, and you're like, mind if I borrow this for the weekend? No. <laughs> it, it'll be like Mass Effect. Just like, the room like, dude. Fuck, like all these chicks in Mass Effect. You're like, that's fucking gay. Why would you even want to do that in a video game? The next thing you know, you're playing and you're like, I'm gonna fuck every single one of these chicks just because I can. Look, here's the thing. I'm going to say this. If some, if that, like, say, like, you know, you, you, you fuck got that dude, I will fuck that alien dude too. There's no one is it. I'm open. I'm open to anything. I don't care. If I can fuck it, it will get fucked. I'm progressive. <laughs> there is a, I'm saying like, all right. So say there's like, you know, it's one of those things like, okay, when I went, to, when I got Grand Theft Auto Five, it's like, oh, you can go to the strip club and then you could do like a private dance where if you play it long enough, the girl gets naked or whatever. And I was like, okay, so I went and did that. Like, oh, I did that, I saw it, and then never really went and did it again. And I'm not judging people who do it all the time because you know it's just basically tits, but it's almost kind of one of those things like. Yeah, we live in the age of the internet, and you could probably... But I know VR, VR is a lot more, I know, because it's interacting to something you're doing, and not something you're pushing a button to. But still, I mean, it's one of those things, like, you know, if that was, like, something in the game, then, you know, even, I'd probably, like, you know what? I'll, I'll see what this thing is for a minute, just see, just as soon as I saw it. But then, 
is coming down like that's what the game is. You're have you seen the video though? The thing about the video is the guy. The, the game is not all like oh stop it. The game's like leave me alone. What are you doing? Don't touch me there. No. You know, that's the thing is the guy's like, yeah, yeah. He's getting down on the ground, looking at her ass. Like, stop it. Just like, it's, it's, it's unsettling. It is. It, have you seen the video for it? Is this for, is, is this the dead or life thing, an actual game? It's not, I think it's an actual game. Who knows? Maybe it's like a hack or a mod somebody make, but they showed a Japanese dude with the VR headset on. He had the hand thing. And they show what he sees, and they show the actual what's in the game. And I think it maybe it's Kasumi, but um, he's basically kind of staring at her. And basically, if you look at her tits, she's covering her tits and like stepping back, like stop it. Or and he's reaching out with like the kind of glove thing, and then like she's like moving her hand, like no, no, don't. And then like he's like going around looking up her ass, and it's just like one of those things. Like so, you're seeing this, you're seeing what the guy sees, and then you're seeing this, you see this guy. <laughs> You see this Japanese dude with this shit on his face, with these hands on his hands and knees, doing this. It's like just air. It's like in like what looks like kind of like a break room. <laughs> it's it's kind of unsettling, really. Yeah, that that's a little bit much. I mean, that makes sense to me because it just seems it's like that's bound to happen. Sell. That's what's gonna sell that thing. That's what's gonna move units. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I understand that. It maybe there'll be a fun game involved in there. It's kind of like the Dead or Alive Beach volleyball one. It was a pretty good volleyball simulator. I have to give it that. The only but, reason you played that game, yeah. <laughs> That's what I bought it for. Well, mainly because it's like, oh, that and then the collection mindset. <laughs> so we're going to have them all. Fucking Pokemon's ruined me for that set. It's like, got to catch them all. Got to catch them all. <laughs> Even if sometimes you don't want a game, you just got to catch them all. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I think what, what will change it, I think it's just like initially... I think that movie theater kind of like aspect I think is cool. And you can get that right now. I know that they have a lot of games where, you know, if you hook it up, the VR to like your Xbox or whatever, that's kind of about all it really is. It's like you're sitting in a movie theater and you just get this like ginormous screen. I think that in itself, though, is pretty cool just to say like, oh, fuck, I got this hundred and you know eighty inch screen just by putting these goggles on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's I think that in itself is kind of and almost like instead of being, you know, your right joystick where like you can look around. Well, now you just kind of can look around at your head and kind of get a different perspective. I think that in itself will be pretty cool. And I know it's real simple. It's not really asking a whole lot. I know everybody's like looking for the games like where's the game where I, you know, going to do going to crawl around my hands and knees and look at stuff. It's like I'm not talking about those kind of games. I think just a full on being locked into the game, you know, and having the sound and the picture all around you, I think will really make the experience just really cool for games already. Once they get to a point where they can maybe dial in the controls in a sense, like your Wii style controls. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's stuff that could be cool there, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to take, it's going to take Nintendo really to get a game in. That's really fucking dialed. I mean, they're probably the first two choices. If I had to guess is probably legend of Zelda and Metroid. Yeah. Metroid would probably be the way to go. Because Mario would be kind of like a goofy choice. Well, you want I'd me say. to fucking jump? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's just one of those things, just first person Mushroom Kingdom and just like, I don't know. I'm, what comes to mind, I'm, I'm sure Nintendo will make it look good and make it look pretty. But it's like when you see a lot of like, you know, I give people credit when you see a bunch of like, you know, independent mods of stuff where it's like some kind of first person engine, but it's all in Mario World. And it's just, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Where they take like the Doom engine, or they take the Quake engine, or something like that. And mm -hmm. 
but, put Mario things in there. Yeah, yeah. Just something about that always just feels off-putting. I don't know why. No, I mean, it was one, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I know that VR, the PlayStation, I think it's coming out in November. It's actually not that far away. Hmm. And, you know, the downfall is you'll probably buy it. It'll be like the iToy for PS2. That, that That's a perfect example of kind of how oh, things start off. iToy. <laughs> the iToy, I remember because, like, Josh got it. And I can't remember if it was my birthday or Josh's birthday or something like that. And, like, bought over, like, we're all playing the parts. Like, whoa, great fucking iToy. Like, 12 people playing it. And that was one of those kind of games, like, it was fun and funny when you're, like, 14 for like all of like a span of 24 hours and then after that that game is that's done we just get to slap ninjas out of the way and beyond that just like well let me yeah and like wash windows which well i which feel like it's gonna like, be good i was just saying it's like you remember there's like the washing windows one it's like oh i forgot how you could like make this easier you just like use your ass to like take up the whole screen and you just clear the whole window in one fell swoop I never played the iToy game just because I was like, I already got a Wii, so fuck. Because I think they were just trying to... That like, was way before the Wii. Was it? I thought it was around the same time, or maybe no, it was like... it was in PS2. It was PS2 That's a good era. point. That's a good point, yeah, actually. There were, well, I mean, there's like the iToy 2 or something for PS3, but... That's right. Um, well, yeah, the iToy was just... I mean, nothing about it really jumped out at me, and I got what it was trying to do, but yeah... You know, it's all this stuff that's making a step, but just I feel like everything is going to be like an iPhone mini game for the first generation because that's even what yeah. DS like DS was all just kind of like a, a lot of their earlier games. I don't not and like I'm not, I don't mean like you know games that were ports, but I mean games you're like look, it's all touch, it's all the dialus and like touch based and all that. Those were those first six months. <laughs> those first six months were entirely like not even really complete games. Games. There was that Yoshi. I remember just because I was Don't like, oh, go. I just gotta. Yeah, there was that Yoshi game where it's like, you gotta, like, you know. I was like, oh, cool. Like a, a, like a Yoshi, uh, not Yoshi Story, Yoshi's Island. Island style adventure game. That's gonna be awesome. And then I'm playing the game. I, I can't make a movie. Just walk it. What the? F oh, I gotta draw clouds from the walk on and circle bad guys. And then I realized, oh, this game is entirely built on just trying to guide him make him not fucking die and then it's like it's an arcade game because there was no oh now you you know just seeing how long you could last it was a totally like a pre-iphone game for oh 40 something dollars you know what's the worst part too is they put that game on the wii u it's like who the fuck wants that game who the fuck was gonna pay another eight dollars for that game and get scammed into it once again i bought the game well i mean i just thought like Oh, it's a side-scrolling adventure game, and I probably get to use the stylus a little bit. Cool. Then I'm like, oh, what? So then I just, I'm right. I even played the game begrudgingly, just because like, I spent this fucking money, so I got at least get like you know forty hours some of use out of it. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like like I spent forty bucks on it, so I got at least spend like you know forty hours on it to get my money back. You know, so begrudgingly <laughs> yeah, just but... choke it down because I don't like it. Yeah. uh... No, yeah, and that's true. I, I think that's what, like, because that's kind of like, you get the Oculus Rift games, and I kind of look at some of those ones there, read about them, and, you know, it seems like that's sort of what they are. They're all kind of like tech demos, in a sense. I feel you bad. How you, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. I was like, you know, you got to try out the features, like, you got to watch Yoshi go across the clouds and circle bad guys, and that's kind of what you're doing. You're trying out the features, in a sense, the games are getting feedback from this, and they're kind of letting it out there, making some money so that they can start working on other products, but... I don't know. When the PlayStation 1 comes out, yeah, they'll probably be like the, you know, the regular gimmicky game that comes with it. But once again, I think that it, 
it would be cool if they just had those games where it's like you put it on and as I said, I know it doesn't sound like much, but you could just look around and play your regular video games, but with the headset on, that could be kind of cool in itself. Oculus Rift, I feel bad for that because that's the one that was like, we're a little independent company. We're trying to make this thing as best we can. We want to just really push it forward. All we want to do is really just give people a good time. They're starting to pick up momentum. Then PlayStation's like, fuck that shit. We got our own. Now people have kind of almost forgot about the Oculus Rift. I know. Well, then there's the other one that's out for computer, too. I don't know. Not HTC, but whatever. There's that other VR one that people say is better than the Oculus Rift. So, yeah, Oculus Rift kind of getting pushed to the side. Even though I guess it was if you're a PC by Facebook, gamer. Luckily. I mean, not luckily for them. I won't know. But if it will, for them, yeah, that's a good thing. Well, I guess it made some money. So, it's probably, I don't really know what they're going to do because it's one of those things. It's like, it's like the, uh, I guess it's almost kind of like, hey, I'm going to start up this, you know, this fat. This is this is a shitty allegory, but I'm already there. Um, I'm going to start up this small little like brand called uh, Arby's. Well, I'm going to start with this other brand called McDonald's. Oh, they just totally ripped us off. Fuck you. We're bigger now. You know, it seems kind of like that sort of, you know. No, that definitely comes across. Even like though that. I know it's really it, different, the little roast beef thing, but you get the idea. No, yeah, it's still like fast food sandwiches in a sense when you all break it down. But the Oculus Rift might still hold on well for the, all those PC gamer elitist people. Yeah, I, I think it's just for the console gamers. It's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck. I'm not. I don't spend enough time on online forums or or like chat room. Chat rooms or even fucking comment sections to pay attention to fucking online. I I know there is like this PC master race thing, but I don't even really keep up with it. I know it's there, but I, I don't even have to go online to see it. I just you just see it when you talk to people in regular life. It's just you know you get the PC gamer people, and it's funny whenever they have to cower down and buy a console to get some games. Like, huh. You had to cower down and get that, didn't you? Are they people? Are, are they like people? Like oh, I just do a lot of PC gaming. That's as far as it ever gets. I didn't really get that far into it. But are they just kind of like, oh my god, it's just such a waste of money to get this Xbox or whatever, like that kind of shit? Or well, it's like you know the, the main up reason why that people like PC gaming is that the games themselves are cheaper. That's always how it's been. But it's the fact that you can keep constantly upgrading your PC. You know, every couple months or so. And the games are always going to look much better than the PlayStation because you know you get a PlayStation, and five years from then, that you know the hardware is already five years old, where you can constantly keep upgrading that PC, so certain games are going to just look much better. And that's always kind of how it is. But to me, I've never always felt that comfortable playing video games on the computer. It just, it just, it's not like a comfortable setting. I mean, now you, I know you could set your computer up and have it so you're playing it on the couch and everything like that. But I don't know. I almost like my computer. And my consoles all being sort of separate from each other. That no, makes any sense. I get you. I'm kind of the same way. But uh, I mean, I did play some like, look, I, I I played the fuck out of Lego Island. Oh, I remember that game. That was actually for, for when that game came out, though. That was actually a pretty ballsy kind of Back like when I was a kid. But exploring. Game. It's one of those things where since then, though, I haven't really played. There's no real like. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, that game don't hold up now. I kind of looked at old footage of it. Like, oh, yeah, it's walking on an island made of, like, Lego people. They're like, shit, there ain't fucking anything to do on this fucking island. You got the fucking police station. You got the uh, pizza parlor. Oh, look, a random house. Beyond that, though, it's just like, oh, we got to go to the hospital. Like, God, what the fuck do they do on this island? Well, at the time, though. It blew your it fucking was pr- mind. Yeah, it, it really did. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, like, I will say, like, the PC in, like, the 90s fucking there were so many mind-blowing moments on there. And I think maybe, once again, it's all tied in, like, around the N64. And just that, I think that period, from, like, 95 
to like 2000, I don't know if you could ever capture that mind blowing. I mean, I mean, I mean, every generation is probably going to have their own point when they're just mind blown. But for us, I just remember like, cause you were just discovering these games that you went from fucking Atari and Super Nintendo and regular Nintendo and Genesis. And all of a sudden you're just in these ginormous fucking 3d worlds, even if they didn't have a whole lot in them. I, you know, and PC games were the ones too, where you could like, kind of like break them. And like, I remember playing certain games where it's like, you fucking jump over like, a fence that you were never normally supposed to go over and all of a sudden you're like oh what the fuck i can drive out and constantly keep going out here like what's out here like is your child mind thinking like there's got to be something way out here which nowadays you'd be like there's nothing fucking out there that's just glitch they put that <laughs> fence up because they didn't want you to go out there because they just knew that there was nothing out there and that was where the game ends i'm just but you would drive and you'd keep going and then all of a sudden you'd like fall off the edge of the earth and you're like oh fuck maybe something's gonna happen you know but it was it was a very cool experience and i feel like Nowadays, games are so almost, like, boarded up that you can't really have... Not say you can't, like, dive into getting weird things like that, but you don't get those kind of, like... Maybe glitch isn't really the right word, but that sort of way where you're like, oh, fuck, like, how far can I actually explore on this island that I'm not really supposed to go, but I am going? I remember there's the whole thing. You weren't supposed to... This, this, this shows my extent of PC gaming. You weren't supposed to take the extra hot pizza to the Brickster, who was locked up in the... Uh, who was locked up at the police station for Lego Island. So the thing about that is like, well, I know he's going to get out and destroy it without realizing that's part of the game. So it's like, well, I guess I did all the racing and I, you know, delivered all the other pizzas. I'm not going to take it to this guy because I know he's going to fuck everything up. So, yeah. And then like, oh, that's actually what you got to do to finish the game. Like, yeah, that seems like too much work. So I never did that last <laughs> part. I never did that because like, why well, fuck it up if I do that? So I'm not going to do that. But I remember the Brickster just like, now I look back like, oh, that was part of the game. You had to do that. But remember that thing was just basically trying to be, be another Bart Simpson? Like, I'm the dude with the food. Remember that bullshit? I do. Pepper. Boy, I, that's one of those games too. And I haven't thought about that game in 15 years or whatever. It's. I, I, it actually takes me back because there that, that game was pretty darn impressive when that came out. Remember, if you walked into somebody, they just explode and then like collects back into pieces or something like that when they hit the ground. Yeah, it was just it was that weird. Yeah, boy, I almost want to. I know the game's not going to be nearly the same, but it sounds kind of fun to download and just like play it and see. Well, what the hell's going on here? Well, in Lego Land, you can't go on the grass. You just have to walk down the path. It's literally just kind of an on-rail thing. It's like, oh, look, there's a sidewalk. I'm going down the sidewalk. But, fuck, you stay the fuck off that grass. That shit's not tolerated on Lego Island. Listen, you adrift. <laughs> oh, funny. Well, look at what you said. <laughs> funny. <laughs> funny. I don't know. It's getting that was that a sympathy late. laugh. Oh. Like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. All right. Okay. I was like, fuck it podcast day i guess we gotta do something for it did, did, did you know anything about this podcast day except for like a handful of days ago i didn't know like who the fuck makes these days up like was there ever a podcast day in the last couple of years because i don't remember anything like Not that. that i know of um i turned yeah, on maybe this is a whole new thing what is because i don't even know what the fuck that, this does that mean everybody records a podcast today or something because i literally turned on twitter because well actually for, first off twitter just keeps on fucking sending me messages but i don't know the fuck how to like you know just get it onto my tab bar to where when someone you know is reaching out to me for whatever reason whatever fuck it but the thing was like yeah i just saw this happy podcast day everybody i'm like um Okay, uh, happy podcast. Here's what I'd usually post. A link to our newest one, Magnificent 7. Hope you like it. All right, whatever. Yeah, well, I, I knew about it since about Monday. Like, I heard about it from somebody else or something on there, and I knew it was coming up. But I was like, well, nowadays it seems like every day is something day. Like, And it's almost kind of get to the point where it's like, okay, 
what do we need a day for everything? It's like even podcasts. It's like every fucking day is podcast day. We do not need a certain day for podcasts. Like what is there going to be movie day? Like, Ooh, today we're going to watch a movie. Like what? Like not like every other fucking day you can't watch a movie. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of a retarded fucking thing. <laughs> and you see it with a lot of shit where people just make these days like, Oh, today's retro video game day. Special. Or today's like, like where I take my balls and wrap them around my neck day. It's like, why? Like, this, well, that's probably more special than all the other ones. <laughs> I want to see this. <laughs> but it is that kind of thing. Like, I don't know why people feel like they got to have a day for everything. I mean, like if you had a holiday calendar of like all the internet special days, you would never be able to make heads or tails of what the fuck's going on. I mean, someday it's like today's laundry day. It's like, why? We all like, do. Oh, it's National Laundry Day. You got to celebrate your washing machine. It's like take a picture of it and send it a selfie on the internet. It's like no, it's not, stop, stop, stop. Just then like you know, but it's like Spencer, you're you're angering, you're angering, you're not you're not fulfilling it right. You're angering the laundry gods. The what? The laundry <laughs> gods. They'll cast down with flaming laundry of a thousand of a, with the souls of a thousand burning virgins and destroy the world if you don't if you don't pray to the laundry gods on laundry day. <laughs> and they're like same with the podcast gods. See, when in, whenever anything gets too popular, a god appears, and then we have to appease them by creating a day for them. It's like, you're just like, whatever, fucking laundry day. And then all of a sudden, you go down to your fucking, like, washing machine, and you just start spewing blood. <laughs> and it starts slamming around like the piano in Mario 64, <laughs> like, brum, brum, brum. The coming out, like, <laughs> You know, like coming up. The door flapping open. God, nothing in Resident <laughs> Evil or Silent Hill ever came close to the okay just gonna, holy fuck like the piano just coming towards you oh my god that piano in mario 64 just the first time you see that that is so scary i think that does I, that tops almost all the scares in any other horror game and i think the main reason why is because you don't mario. expect something to be that fucking scary in mario but yeah no but like um that right there though I yeah I don't know who comes up with all these fucking days yeah and who's the guy who makes the day who's the one who makes fucking podcast day? I don't know podcast day maybe it's a guy who makes microphones or some shit I don't know I imagine everything else has got to be like it's laundry day okay probably Tide and some other like yeah. detergent company and Arm and Hammer sponsors yeah. this so what's this this is uh books day okay uh, fucking book day all right cool. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's goofy. And it's just, I think the internet just kind of shows you. Because like, it seems like every day is something else day. You know, so which really makes things not seem very special at all. And even podcast day, it's just like, I don't know, I saw that. And yeah, okay, I used the hashtag a couple times just to my own advantage. I thought, well, maybe this will get farther, which you didn't really do anything. Just the oversaturation. Yeah, just oversaturation. Which probably makes it even harder to share a podcast on podcast day than any other day. But... I don't know, fucking stupid shit. That's all I have to say. So that's, that's our podcast day episode is talking about how fucking stupid podcast day is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. That's probably a good place to wrap it up at, you know, fucking podcast day. So if you have a dumb day for something, uh, I guess you can tell us all about it at Old Man Orange at pod, Old Man Orange Podcast at yahoo.com. Till then, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we will see you some other time. Later, folks.
Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. Won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange.